A poem is a small machine made of words. William Carlos Williams. Welcome to the Small Machine Talks, exploring the poetry scene of Central Canada and beyond with Amanda Earle and A.M. Kozak. Welcome to the Small Machine Talks. I'm Amanda Earle. And this is episode 60. This is the second part of our segment featuring contributors to Experiment O. Since I talked about the magazine in the previous episode, I won't repeat too much except to say that it is an online PDF magazine that celebrates the art of risk through poetry, prose, visual art, visual poetry, and uncategorizable uncategorizable works or hybrids. Interesting how I have trouble pronouncing that name. It's uh, Today is... What is it? Thursday, June 11th, and it's a, a sunny afternoon out there now, and I'm recording inside my apartment as always. My co-host, uh, well, not as always, sometimes we actually record in pubs, but not during COVID-19. My co-host, A.M. Kozak, is not uh, taking part in this episode. He's uh, doing uh, work from his uh, own home, I would assume. So for this podcast, uh, I'll tell you a little bit more about Experimento again. Every year I look out for possible contributors by reading publications and paying attention to the work that comes that I see through my social media feeds and other other places. I also receive the occasional unsolicited submission for consideration. NationalPoetryMonth.ca is also a good source for potential contributors. In June, I invite 10 to 12 people to send work uh, for the magazine, which comes out in November, sometimes December, every year. In September, I do the initial layout in InDesign. I am terrible at InDesign, so I just basically put everything in, the pieces, captions if necessary, the bios. Then sometime after that, Charles, who is a, a really wonderful designer and seems to know how to handle InDesign's eccentricities, makes everything beautiful and, cons- and consistent. Layout is tricky when you combine art and visual poetry with poetry and prose. We always send each contributor a PDF proof to ensure we have the work in their bios and their names exactly right. I make awful spelling errors with names. It's embarrassing, but seems to be worsening as I age. I cut and paste when I can, but it isn't always possible. So sometimes I make huge errors. So I'm grateful that contributors are very forgiving. We often have over 100 pages of content. I really appreciate all of those who've entrusted us with their work. I hope you visit the site to check out our 12 issues so far. If you're interested in sending work for consideration, please feel free to give me an email query at amanda at experiment-o.com. This time we have six readers, Anita Dolman, Sunita Fejcik, Jennifer Lovegrove, Sandra Ridley, Chris Turnbull, and Ewan White. I hope, I hope you enjoy their poems, and if you do, seek out their work and buy it or get it from the library once our libraries are back. Our first reader is Anita Dolman. Poet editor and writer Anita Dolman is the author of Lost Enough, a collection of short stories from 2017. She's the co-editor of editor of Motherhood in Precarious Times from 2018 and author of two poetry chapbooks, one of which is was published by Angel House Press a few years ago. Her work has appeared in numerous magazines and anthologies, including Imaginary Safe House, Bywords.ca, Arc Poetry Magazine, On Spec, Triangulation and Grain, she is an advocate for bi, pan, plus rights and mental health. 
Anita was in issue 11. She'll be reading Let Me Tell You Something, Sweetheart, or Dear Capitalists, which was originally published on Collective Unrest, November 20th, 29th, in San Diego, California, USA. Here's Anita. Anita Dolman. Let me tell you something, sweetheart, or Dear Capitalists. It's not a secret that this doesn't end well or doesn't end at all until everything does. Even the Orioles and the Salamanders and the making of rice cakes and cobwebs and love, or that half of us are being starved while the other half are fed for the slaughter. I mean distraction. I mean that work has never freed anyone but keeps cranking out blueprints and laws to fill prisons with cheap labor, by which I mean disposable, past the corn chips. That a depressed queer abroad falling out of her time makes hardly any noise, but is heard more than those outside trying to amplify the gut-clawed whimpers of the even further down. Sign language is in the dark. Hush, the guards are coming. That survival and surviving are two distinct goals rooted in separate grammars of agency. Duct tape, sewing thread, razor wire. That the enemy of my enemy probably doesn't like uppity bitches either. We could go on and on like this. But let's leave it here. Our next reader is Sunita Fejcik. Sunita Fejcik is a Bosnian-Canadian poet, novelist, and playwright. Her CBC shortlisted poem, M. Other, has just been published as a children's story by the same title as well as a translation, Mère et Monde. Fejcik has had her poetry and short fiction published in literary magazines and journals across Canada. Her first novel, Psychomachia, Latin for Battle of the Soul, appeared as an expert excerpt in Experiment O. Fejcik is presently work- completing her PhD in cultural studies at Queen's University. To cap- catch up on her work, check out her we- website, sunitafejcik.com, and Sunita was in issue 10. Here's Sunita. Hi, this is Sunita Fejcik. And today I'm going to read a poem titled, It's the End of the World, written on March 13th, when uh, schools were closing in Ottawa and across Ontario, and we thought that the the school closures and the uh, self-isolation related to coronavirus would last three weeks. How naive, eh? Without further ado, here is my poem. It's the end of the world and we can't even gather together. Alone, isolated, panicked, life as if eclipsed by a prolonged longing, time suspended, hanging by a hair off a crumbling ceiling. On this Friday the the 13th, a boy in fourth grade makes face masks with paper towel and thick pink elastics before school closes for three weeks. A mask for each parent and child as we play our parts in the global pandemic of paranoia aired 24-7 through waves and wires. When the last act arrives, before the curtains drop, the public, aroused by shared catharsis, will have been changed, epiphanied, the end was revealed to be a new beginning. After decades of factory fumes and traffic buzz, bird melodies and haze-free skies across empty squares, song 
swing and waltz on livened balconies. Coronavirus has staged the most monumental tragedy, the death of the separate and autonomous individual and the remembering of a new humanity, not almighty and deadly, but dangerously vulnerable, humbled by a zombie-like microscopic thing. Thank you very much. Our third reader is Jennifer Lovegrove. Jennifer Lovegrove is the author of the most recently, uh, most recently of the poetry collection Beautiful Children with Pet Foxes from Book Hug in 2017. Her novel Watch How We Walk was long listed for the Scotiabank Giller Prize, and she also wrote the poetry collections I Should Never Have Fired the Sentinel and The Dagger Between Her Teeth. She is currently at work on another novel and a poetry manuscript currently nicknamed The Tinder Sonnets. She works at the University of Toronto and divides her time between downtown Toronto and rural Ontario, Canada. While Jennifer doesn't have work in Experimento, she is a friend to the Small Machine Talks, who I interviewed for one of my favorite episodes, episode 29 in season 2, which I've mentioned already previously. That time you made me a flowchart of our relationship, a sonnet. Did your father betray your mother? If yes, press the elevator down button. If no, feel the wind rush past you on this balcony. Marvel at the city's gloat. Did your father betray his wife with your mother? If yes, press send. If no, delete. Did your father betray you? If yes, press your palms to my throat. If no, press and hold until light comes on. Yes, yes, yes. Caution, broken road. Is this a clay mask or is it really just mud? If yes, recall what we'd planned. Two museums, a photo shoot, anal sex. If no, press your boots down hard, splash away every puddle on this road. Second variant. Did your father betray you? If yes, press, did your father betray your mother? If balcony marvel at the city's gloat, splash away every puddle on this road until light comes on. Yes, yes, yes. Caution, it's really just mud. If yes, recall what did your father betray? His wife with your yes. Press the elevator down button. We'd planned. Two museums, a photo shoot, broken road. Is this a clay mask or is mother? If yes, press send. If no, delete anal sex. If no, press your boots down hard. If no, feel the wind rush past you on this, your palms to my throat. If no, press and hold. Third variant. Did your fault betray your motif? If yes, price this drachma accordingly. If no, watch the suburbs rut past you as you rush downtown. I was at the horseshoe with D. He kissed my shoulder, then confessed he was reading my novel. Did your fault betray your assumptions? If yes, price shy. If no, tax the sky in breath. My phone off, you'd called and texted for hours. Did your fault betray your patterns? If yes, price lemongrass, 
price cilantro. If no, price the siblings you are not allowed to know. This will become your legacy. I'm a clean masochist. I suck out my own splinters and spit back. Our next reader is Sandra Ridley. Sandra lives and writes in Ottawa. She was in the first issue of Experiment O. She's reading In Praise of the Healer. In Praise of the Healer. Swallow the word. Swallow the tongue. Swallow down the fullness in the throat. Eclipse the eye of the dark, open the mouth, breathe you in, hold the breath. After the long sought, reckon, surrender, say, with my body I thee worship. Of course, the inevitable rupture in my chest from the heart's opening. Courage, stay in my arms until you can't. Our next reader is Chris Turnbull. Chris is the author of Continua, Showed Your Books 2015, and Invisible Publishing in 2019, and Untitled, In Own, Vancouver, Q Books 2014, one of a trio of poetry books alongside work by Heather Hermant and Angela Rawlings, respectively. Her recent chapbooks include Undertones, a collaborative chapbook with text artist Bruno Neva, Low Frequency 2019, and Contrite, Above Ground 2019. Turnbull's other work is off the page as installations exhibited in landscapes or manifested outdoors. Her work can be found online, in print, and within landscapes. She curates an ongoing site-specific footpress, Root, whereby poems are planted on trails, and I'll give you the link to that as well. I don't seem to have listed uh, which issue of uh, Experiment O Chris is in, but um, you can find it by going to the site. And also, we published an essay by Chris uh, on the site as well. Here's Chris. Hello. I'm reading from Cypher which is the third chapbook in a series. It was preceded by Candid, published by Doozy Collective No. 8 in 2014, and Contrite, published by Above Ground in 2019. All three are terrain poems in a period of time that is sketchy for reference. Candid explores a post-norm world, which was true when it was published in 2014, of individuals who are without a recognizable compass, where land is uncertain, forest and city are constructions that are suspicious, with zones of safety and excuse and liberation. Candid is incongruous. Contrite follows Candid. Individuals are multilocative, but realize themselves as a we that they construct. They refuse obvious detachment. They are self-organized, seemingly autonomous, but in some ways gravitate toward commonalities and groupings. A central figure, the curator, resists categorizing them, but cannot quite avoid mentoring, fearing, and hiding from them. Cypher picks up from contrite and candid. It virtually describes a kind of barren surfeit. Thank you to Amanda Earle for inviting this reading to Small Machine Talks as part of Experimento. 1. Compelled to get into the guts, the canoeist shimmers sideways to shore in a resonant echo chamber with terrible resplendence. 
The kids yell, Booey for the canoeist. The curator is in limit distress, jammed between the trailer wall and its lone filing cabinet, musculature spasming each time a water bottle hits the trailer's corrugated metal roof. The kids yell, Hooray for the curator! From the rise, this distance beyond shore, the kid screws one eye shut and flings a perfect pebble at the hut's facing window. It's a through and through. The kids in unison, there was never such a perfect smirk. A perfect pebble is returned, catapults, a propellant of text, sending, landing, suppositions, to drift. Two. Say, in frequency with fringed awareness, lapping frigidity to finish an outskirted thought. Left a note. The literal zone, green, superfine tendrils, cling, edge, recedes, receives. Touch feathered, foam clouds, dull, shard, shell, dust. Difficult to pinpoint in dispersal. Three. Make for the most loosely imagined beach or forest or campfire ring or blank screen. Punch in the code. And for scale, fluid over canopy, borders, cliffs, garden stake, prairie, huts, threat, mountain, cavern, suburb, flag, house, work, love, wrecks, government, street, dismay, graves, airfields, deserts, Babies, hospitals, sermons, institutions, lovers, friends, caution, shoes, teeth, soil, rock, letters, roots, immunities, sinkholes, and rims and moss. Take five. Thank you. Our final reader today is Ewan White. Ewan is a writer and translator. He has written for the Globe and Mail and the Literary Review of Canada. He is the author of Desire Lines, Essays on Art, Poetry, and Culture Entrainment, a book of poetry and a translation of the ancient Roman poet Catalus. Catalus. Ewan was in issue six. Please welcome Ewan White. Garou, Riquier, the last troubadour. How bleak it must have been the long, dangerous journeys between towns and courts, which gradually lost interest in your elegant art. Influenced from the East, but transformed by our middle, medieval Western obsession with individual experience. For us now, your world is utterly gone, disappeared with the figures and colors in the illuminations of your time. Your mastery was widely imitated before it slowly went unnoticed in your lifetime. Your main audience should have been the, the Gnostic Qatars and Albigensians, whose beliefs stretched across Aquitania, which became southern France, into Spain, through northern Italy, into Bosnia and the Balkans. They supported the early troubadours and shared some of their values. You were 14 when their great stronghold of Montsegur fell in the final brutal crusade against them. You would have heard living accounts of how over 200 Qatar perfects were burnt alive in an enormous fire near the Prade Kramat at the foot of the castle. Of that war, Arnaud, a Cistercian abbot, 
who was a commander in the crusade, wrote to Pope Innocent III, Today, Your Holiness, 20,000 heretics were put to the sword, regardless of age, rank, or sex. The older surviving Cathar sympathizers were a large part of your audience. They still admired the troubadours, but they slowly died off and you lost your patrons. For a while, you worked as a poet for Almarek IV, Viscount of Narbonne, but you, you were not fully recognized. At 40, you crossed the Pyrenees and worked as a poet for Alfonso X for 10 years. After you recrossed the Pyrenees and wrote for Henry II, Count of Rodez, who gave troubadours protection. But times had changed. Court entertainers could sing the poems and songs of the troubadours and do juggling tricks as well. Original troubadour poems had become superfluous and you found no new patrons. In the regional economic decline, you moved back to the town of your birth and found employment writing religious poetry. You could no longer write of latent mysticism in the Gnostic language of God as all forms of love. The world had changed, the Catholic Church had won, and dissent was no longer an option. Jonglers and minstrels called themselves troubadours, and the troubadours were no more. In your last known poem you wrote, I remember my difficult past. I look at the merciless present. And when I think of the future, I have true reason to weep. I will have to stop singing, for truly I came too late. Thanks to the readers, to Charles for processing, to Jennifer Peterson for intros and outros, and to you for listening and sharing. We have enough readings, recordings to do a third episode from Experiment O contributors. Stay tuned. Small Machine Talks with Amanda Earl and A.M. Kozak. <laughs>